Welcome to my 22nd podcast, a second excerpt from my 26th published on Amazon book, Hollywood Sojourn. Today, I shopped Rodeo Drive. It's the first time in my life I've ever entered the stores of the wealthy. I went prepared, of course. Borrowed silk shirt, Ray-Bans, cool but casual pants, quality shoes, and an attitude of regal amiability. Being an artist myself, I began by checking out the galleries unadulterated, expensive, garish crap, up to and including bad Picasso lithos at $15,000 a pop. This shook me somewhat, until I remember great art is mostly rare because great artists generally live in rat holes without hope of contacts. So their work seldom percolates up the social ladder or survives their demise. Jewelry, I thought. You can't go wrong with jewelry, but of course you can. Exquisite sapphires, rubies, diamonds, emeralds, and pearls, raped in fashionable grotesqueries, passing as necklaces, rings, pendants, pins, brooches. Clothing, surely clothing. And yes, here and there, standing out like a pubescent girl stretching delicate limbs to the sun, a black wool dress, a leather bra, a perfect pair of studded clogs. Uh, no, that was it. After an hour and a half, only those three... Watches, I thought, spotting a shop. I love watches, but I never got near the counter. Why? Because an aged crone with an even more aged swain dancing attendance, withered claw extended as an impeccable youth of sixty delicately snapped a diamond watch around her bony wrist, offering up the back of that hand and the youth humbly kissing it, unable to resist the perfect combination of watch witted to beauty. The line was so palpable, I shrank back in horror and stumbled blindly out the door onto the sidewalk where God took mercy on me and displayed the exquisite haughty haunches of three young valley girls to my soul-thirsty eyes. Then he mocked me by having all three intuitively snap their heads around to check out their admirer, and I witnessed youthful faces corrupted by arrogance, self-loathing, the ennui of a lifetime of satiation, and the despair of knowing that, soul-sick though they may be, the alternative, service to humanity, was out of the question. I needed at this point a smoke real bad. A smoke at any time, without coffee, is a meaningless activity. So I cast about for a Tim Hortons, but there wasn't one. Just tiny, expensive sidewalk cafes, with no sign of an ashtray. Debating my next step, I caught a movement in the corner of my eye and looked over to see a young starlet sipping cappuccino while chatting with a Bruce Willis lookalike in shades. Gracefully extend a long, delicate dancer's leg, bearing an exquisitely pedicured, shapely foot high up to a handsome young waiter's face without acknowledging his passing with so much as a glance. And he paused, held it lovingly in his hands, and kissed the instep. Swear to God, that's what I saw. He kissed it with absolute reverence, adoration. After the kiss, she reduced said foot from his face, and sheathed it back into her pump, with slow motion, effortless grace, while she continued chatting with Bruce Willis, her cappuccino still cradled in both hands. I was less stunned by the fact of the tableau than the seeming naturalness of the event, for no one there, and every table was occupied, batted an eye. That, I surmised, was the difference between real wealth and a fraud like myself. So I unlocked the door of my rusty old truck and headed back towards my side of town, looking for a donut shop.